Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. So delighted to see you back at Odds Bondkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker. And, of course, you are back for part two of our double feature as we inch ever so close to All Hallows' Eve and our Halloween special on October 31st. And, of course, this is part two of our double feature as in part one we looked at the new Peacock film Five Nights at Freddy's. In this part two, we're looking at the new video-on-demand movie that is based off a 2006 book. So without further ado, let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new film, Dark Harvest. So Dark Harvest is a movie that I, I had on my radar. I, I try to keep a list of all the movies. You know, at the beginning of the year, I, I work on a list of all the movies and TV series that are coming out in horror, fantasy, and science fiction that uh, that are planned, that I know of, and kind of keep them on, on my radar so I know when to start looking for them. And then as the year progresses, I, you know, go back and research more as to what's what's new coming out. So this is one of those movies that early in the year, I, I knew it was coming out, but there was so much going on this month because there has been so much horror uh, and fantasy and science fiction coming out. Uh, we're, we're in October. Fantasy and science fiction, unfortunately, take a backseat so we can focus on the horror. Uh, I haven't forgotten about it. And we've got some really cool stuff coming up to talk about uh, next month in, in once we get into November. But October, you know, it's horror that we're, we're really wanting. It's the scary season. And Dark Harvest uh, kind of got lost in a shuffle. And I kind of forgot it was coming out until I noticed that, oh, shit, yes, it came out video on demand on October 15th or 16th. I can't remember exactly the date. But this is based off a 2006 novel of the same name, Dark Harvest, written by Norman Partridge and got a bit of a claim for this. Norman Partridge won the Bram Stoker Award for Best Long Fiction that year. And of course, like anything, horror gets mixed reviews, but, but I have not read this book. In researching this episode, I, I had to look and see what the plot synopsis for this book was about. And I watched some book reviews on it so I could get a better understanding of how close this movie adhered to the the actual story. And while if you're a fan of the book, uh, I think you'll still be happy with this because I think this is a an adaptation that doesn't adhere strictly to the book, but it adheres to the essence of the book and the the tone of the book. And I think in some regards, now granted, this is because I haven't read the book and I do plan on reading it now that I've watched the movie and I know a little bit about the book. I, I do want to read it just, just to see for myself. But from what I understand, this takes the story of Dark Harvest, the book, 
and and amps it up in a more horrific way that uh, I just don't think the book was successful at in, in some regards. And I'll explain what I mean more once we get into the spoiler section. But this was really an, a good movie. I liked it. I liked the time frame, the, the era that it was in. It's set in the 60s. Uh, you have the Kelly character who I'm not sure if she is a black character in the book. I, I'm guessing she's not. I'm guessing uh, she's a white character in the book. I, again, I may be wrong on that, but they have have a young black actress, Emery Crutchfield, who plays the Kelly character. And and I liked that. I liked the fact that they brought this person of color in uh, because in the 60s, you had a lot that revolved around race and civil rights. And I think this story paints a picture that kind of ties into that. And I again, I'll, I'll get more into that in the spoiler section. But, but I like how they changed that a little bit to kind of fit the times that this movie is set in. And it really ties in with the story that they think they were trying to tell. But you have a really good cast. Casey Likes uh, plays Richie Shepard. Elizabeth Reeser is in this, uh, plays Donna Shepard. Uh, Jeremy Davies always does a wonderful job. Dan Shepard, the dad. Luke Kirby plays Officer Jerry Ricks. Uh, you may know him from Halloween Resurrection. Uh, has done several several things in genre. So uh, a lot of really good actors. Not a ton of actors that you know. I probably... I would say Jeremy Davies and Luke Kirby, probably the ones you'll recognize the most. Uh, Elizabeth Reeser, you, you probably have seen her in other things. But for the most part of cast, you're, you're not terribly familiar with a lot of their work. And I think that's probably a great plus for this movie because you get a lot of actors that people haven't seen uh, a dozen times before. And you got really good performances out of them. So it really made this movie feel fresh. Now this movie, before we get into the spoiler section, just really quickly, uh, it's about a town that has this Halloween tradition. And this really plays into a lot of different stories. I don't want to say too much because it'll probably give away a lot. So again, I'll save this for the spoiler section, but you can see a lot of the influences in this story from other classics of, of horror, whether it be the written word, whether it be movies, uh, maybe not even horror, just uh, good movies altogether. But you have this town that, that thrives on this Halloween tradition and you find that the, the tradition has an even darker tone to it than what is even on the surface and our heroes trying to to get to the bottom of it and trying to to bring down the system if you will and i think a really good movie it does suffer from some lack of urgency in it you have this event called the the run that feels like it should be more time sensitive. The Sawtooth Jack character getting to the church in a in a timely fashion. And if you don't kill him before then, then there's going to be uh, some sort of plague upon this town. There should be some urgency there, but it just feels like our two main characters are just kind of lollygagging around and meandering through the movie, and it just doesn't feel like there's some urgency to it. It's only an hour and a half long, an hour 33 minutes long, but it feels a lot longer than that just because of the lack of urgency. And I, I think that that's a pacing issue that I really wish there was a little more pace to this movie. Uh, that that really is necessitated by the fact that you have this time period where you have to stop this 
the sawtooth jack before he gets to the church. It feels like there should be urgency there, and there just isn't. But other than that, this is a movie full of good acting, full of interesting characters, uh, full of a uh, an interesting twist. Not something that I didn't fully see coming. You get to a point and you realize, oh shit, I think I know what's going on here. Uh, but it's still good, still a lot of atmosphere, great effects that we'll talk about coming up. And it's a creepy, creepy movie. It's not that it doesn't have its faults, because there are things with the creepiness that I think they could have played into more. And we'll talk about that again. So let's all say it together in the spoiler section. But <laughs> but it is worth a watch. And of course, you can watch it video on demand. I checked it out. I usually get my video on demand on Amazon Prime. It's like a few bucks uh, they've got a lot of their horror stuff discounted right now. So I think instead of being like $6.99, it's like $4.99 to rent. So well worth it. Well worth the money you're going to drop to watch this. And and I encourage you, if you haven't watched Dark Harvest, go check it out. Because it is, uh, like I said, well, it does have some problems. Uh, I think it makes up for those problems in being a, a really interesting story, a creepy story, and a story that lends itself to some really good creature effects and, and is definitely more of a creature feature than the book would would have it. So go check out Dark Harvest. Come back, listen to my thoughts. If you have already watched it or you don't care one way or the other, we're going to press on. But from here on out, we are going to get into some spoiler territory. So like I was saying earlier in the non-spoiler section, this is a, a movie about this town. They have this tradition where every October, this creature comes to life sawtooth jack i don't think they mention it in the movie but in the book he's also referred to as the october boy this creature comes to life in the cornfield and the boys of the town are all like starved essentially locked in rooms and starved in the movie it's only three days in the book i think it's like five days that they're locked up until they get into this rabid ravenous state where they're hungry and and they've got to kill this sawtooth jack who is essentially a creature with a pumpkin head and his body is made out of vines and he is filled with candy. So once they kill him, they rip him apart and eat the candy because they're so freaking hungry. But if Sawtooth Jack gets to the town church by midnight, then something bad is going to happen. If they kill him beforehand and Sawtooth Jack, essentially uh, the town is going to be prosperous. Their crops are going to yield and... And all will be right with the world. And it was really interesting. There's a lot of interesting lore here that goes back so far that nobody really knows when this started or why it started. They just know that it's always been that way. That's just how they do it. And I think that plays into some of the major themes of this movie. I might as well just mention it right now. It's that, that old school mentality, that old guard mentality of... Well, we do this because this is the way it's always been done. And it leaves no room for growth. It leaves no room for progression. And I know in, in some political circles, being progressive is a bad thing. But if you're not growing, if you're not moving forward, you're dying. So we have to be progressive as a, as a society, as humanity in some regards. That doesn't mean 
in a political sense. That just means we just have to we have to constantly growing and we have to find a way to learn to do things better. Again, that's not a political statement. I think that's just a a basic facts of life sort of statement. And I think in this adaptation of it, it plays into the fact that the Kelly character is a young black woman and dealing with the racism, whether it be overt racism or the sins by omission sort of racism of that time in the 60s during this whole civil rights movement and and that old guard mentality of, well, we segregate black people because that's just the way we've always done it. That's just the way it's always been. And you have to move forward. You have to, you know, you have to come to a realization that that's not right. That's not the right way to do things. And I, I liked how they tied that in with this overarching theme of the old guard and the old way of doing things being the only way because people don't know any different. Now, like I said earlier, this movie is going to draw from a lot of different sources. I mean, this movie felt like if you took The Purge, you mixed it with The Outsiders, whether it be the book or the movie, with Shirley Jackson's The Lottery, and maybe a little dash of Pumpkinhead and Halloween. You put that all in a blender, pour it into a jack-o'-lantern, light that bitch up, and that's kind of what this movie is. Uh, it, It definitely had on those scenes with the run where these boys who are starving are just running wild and and they only play into it a little bit in the movie but in the book like all the shopkeepers are standing out in front of their shops with guns trying to keep these boys back from getting food they have a scene where one shopkeeper a butcher is is guarding his and it it had some good gore with that scene uh because that shotgun you know it didn't wait for the third act to, to put that into play. They dive into that a little bit, but it ver- felt very much all these boys are wearing Halloween masks because this all takes place on Halloween. It had very much a purge vibe to it, although it wasn't the same situation. Uh, I, I like the outsider's feel to it because you definitely had like a class thing going on with our main character, Richie, is kind of a greaser. Uh, his older brother was more of a, a jock. And, and there's this confrontation between Richie and his greaser buddies and these these jocks with their Letterman jackets and, and kind of like the Soches in The Outsiders. It definitely had a feel. And I, I love the book and the movie The Outsiders. So it's always cool to, to see that and, and feel that vibe. And then with this tradition of this movie, it, it felt very much like Shirley Jackson. Jackson's The Lottery, because uh, it it definitely was that to a degree. Uh, And that's one of the things that I kind of figured out at one point, not early on, but I mean, we're into the second act and I, I think I figured it out where there are no winners in this. Because if you kill Sawtooth Jack or the October boy before he gets to the church at midnight on Halloween, then your family is moved to the good side of town. They're given a house. uh, They're given a car. They're given a bunch of money. In the book, their bills are paid for a year. And the winning boy gets a, a new Corvette in the in the movie. I'm not sure about it. he gets a new car in the in the book, but in the movie he gets a new Corvette and is allowed to leave and go off and see the world because they don't double down on it enough in the movie, but in the book I think they do. It's that people aren't allowed to leave town. They mention it in this, but I don't think it's very overt in the movie, but 
in the book, I think they spell it out pretty plain that you can't leave this town unless you are given permission by the town fathers or the Harvesters Guild, I believe, as they're called in the movie. I'm not sure if that's what they're called in the book. And to, to be able to leave town is a big deal. The only problem is the boy that wins and leaves town in this Corvette is stopped just outside of town by Officer Ricks, and he is killed and planted into the grounds to become next year's October Boy or Sawtooth Jack. Now, one of the biggest differences from the book and the movie is that in the book, it, it really feels, uh, at least from what I understand of it, and like I said, I haven't read the book, but, I, but I've read enough about it and I've heard people talk enough about it, that it really feels more action-y with Sawtooth Jack. Even in the book, you get like parts of the story that are from Sawtooth Jack's perspective. And they have a thing where, you know, they have several scenes where he's driving a car and he's using a gun. And I know for me, I would have not been happy with that as a reader. One thing I like that they changed about the Dark Harvest movie is that they took all of that out. Sawtooth Jack is not driving any cars. He's not using any guns. He feels more like a monster. And, and I like that because for the most part of this movie, he is the monster. He is the bad guy until you realize and, and you know he kills uh, on, on several scenes he kills indiscriminately but I, I like how you get this sense that there's something different and the interactions between sawtooth jack and and richie uh, of course richie's older brother jim was the winner of last year's run and the realization that this is his brother this isn't a monster. This is his brother. Something's happened to him. He's changed. He's turned into this this creature. But but this is his brother. It, it adds a little humanity that I think you get in the book. Uh, I just like I said. I think it's it's better for for this creature to be the the bad guy. He's the Frankenstein's monster. Uh, he's the the beast that that nobody understands until you realize that. He's not the real monster. The real monster is the the monster who made him. And I think the movie, from from what I understand of the book, I think the movie does that a little better, to, to better effect. They give you time to, to really be terrified of this creature and, and be terrified of this monster until you realize that there is humanity there and that the real monster is Officer Ricks and the the old guard that that keep this dark tradition going. Now, I think another one of the big differences between this movie and the book is the fact that it is done from a different perspective. Uh, the Richie character in this movie is not in the book. In the book, you have the Jim Shepard character who was last year's winner, who becomes the October boy or Sawtooth Jack. He is the, the creature in the book, just like he is in the movie. But instead of having a younger brother that is the protagonist for the movie, you've got a guy, Pete. Kelly's still in there. But you have this scene in the book where Jim's father, the, the Jeremy Davies character in the movie, is cutting his Jim son version of Sawtooth Jack down off the, the scarecrow uh, cross, if you will, and essentially telling him to go and get to the church and end the whole thing, burn the whole place down. You still get that in the movie, but it's it's done differently because you don't have the Pete character. You have Jim's brother, Richie, 
who ends up winning by having to kill his own brother, the Sawtooth Jack October Boy version of his brother Jim. And instead of getting away and having a happy ending, which wouldn't have made sense for this movie, as much as you you want him and Kelly to go off and find a new life, uh, you, you know that's not going to be this movie, and you don't really want that in this movie. Officer Ricks kills him and buries him in the ground. Kelly does eventually leave. But you have that great scene at the very end, one year later. I think it might be like a mid-credit scene where you have Jeremy Davies cutting the Richie Sawtooth Jack down off the, the Scarecrow cross and telling him to end it and to go burn the town down. So you still get that scene from the book, only I think, yeah, it does play a little better uh, the way you're telling this story to do it at the end of this movie. Because I think that does leave a, a great open end to this. Not that you need a sequel, not that you need Dark Harvest 2, Richie's Revenge, <laughs> but I think this is uh, one of those movies that really benefits from having an open ending because... This is a tradition that has been going on long before this movie even started. And it's not that it doesn't matter if it ends or not, but if it ends, it's just going to keep on going like it's always done. If it does end, if if Richie version of Sawtooth Jack succeeds, no one's life will be the same again in this town. But I, you don't need to see that play out. Leaving you wonder how this ends, I think, is a great way for the mind to wander. And and that, I think, is the, the best way to do an open-ended because it just leaves you wondering what, what happened next. But I don't need to see it because, you know, all the scenarios play over in your mind and you can kind of come up with your own ending. Now, one of the things I, like I said earlier in this movie, I... I didn't like. I'm going to get this out of the way first, and then we'll talk about the things I really did love about this movie. And there were, were many. There was a couple things I didn't like. One was the lack of urgency. This run is supposed to take place. I don't know what time it starts, but it is sundown this time of year, probably right around 7 o'clock maybe 7.30. So you've got four and a half, five hours before midnight. And Jack has to get to the church by then. Sawtooth Jack has to get there. I know it's a, a lot of time, but it just never really felt like there was any urgency in Richie or Kelly because, you know, they'd be doing something and there'd be action and then they'd take a break and they'd sit and they'd have a long talk. And then there'd be action and things would happen and somebody would die and then they would sit down and they'd have a long talk. And it just felt like uh, it just felt like there was a, a pacing issue with this. And I can look past it because of all the other good things I liked about this movie. But it did make this movie, which is an hour and 33 minutes, it made it feel like a lot longer than it really was. And not in a good way. <laughs> and so that I would I would have tightened things up a little bit with that. Uh, I think you didn't have to have so many scenes with with Richie and Kelly just sitting there talking. You could have got all the, the emotional elements out of that with like maybe one scene where they take a brief moment uh, amidst all the chaos to, to contemplate what they're going to do next and uh, fall in love and all of that jazz. You, you could have done that a little more concisely. Uh, that's probably one of my biggest problems. I think another problem is the fact that they didn't milk the Sawtooth Jack character enough for horror. Uh, they didn't. They, they spent so much time with these scenes 
with Richie and Kelly just talking and the mysteries of life and what they're going to do and their backstories and, and all this. They spent so much time with that that they didn't leave themselves enough time to, to really milk any suspense or horror out of Sawtooth Jack. Now, I'll get into the creature design, but that had enough horror in it in and of itself. If they could have played in the suspense, if they could have had more scenes with Sawtooth Jack stalking someone, I think it would have made the, the horror in this amped up to the next level. And I think it, you would have solved the pacing problem if you would have had more action scenes like that. More action scenes involving Sawtooth Jack. Now I get it, you don't want to have too many scenes with him killing indiscriminately because then you lose the idea that he is a victim and not a villain in this. But I think you can still do that. You know, he's not himself. He is not the Jim we knew at the beginning of the movie when when you're flashing back to 1962. This is a different gym. This is a corrupted gym. So I, I think it's okay to have him killing people. I mean, you had him killing people earlier. You had him killing people in the middle of the movie when he goes into that uh, little storm shelter. I don't think more kills and more stalking from him would have lost the emotional capital that you built from the revelation that he is Jim, the brother of Richie. So I think if they would have spent a little more time developing this creature as a as a character and as a, a predator and as somebody who is stalking people as he's trying to get to this church. You would have got a little more horror out of this. Uh, not that it lacked in horror, but I think there were scenes where it just, it, it went to a certain point and then it didn't go far enough with the horror. I think they depended just solely on the creepy atmosphere that they built. Uh, they depended solely on the creature effects that they built, and they needed to go a, a little step further in the application of that creepiness and the application of this, this creepy monster character. We need to see him in action a little bit more. Now, getting to what I did like was that creature design was horrific. That's the shit of Halloween nightmares from when I was a kid to me as an adult. When I first saw the movie Pumpkinhead, this is what I was picturing. I, I like the Stan Winston design of Pumpkinhead, but I was expecting something with more of a pumpkin head. I mean, it's in the name. Why not? But I love the design on this. It, it felt kind of like that Stan Winston pumpkin head meets the unburlapped bag Sam from Trick or Treat. Just a, a wonderfully wicked design. And I love at the end of the movie uh, when they do that mid credit scene, you get to see the slow decay. Now, it happens differently from the book to the, the movie. In the book, they bury the body of the, the winner of the, the run underneath this cross for the scarecrows. And pumpkin vines grow up out of this. And they grow up up this this wooden post until it forms the shape of a body and there's a pumpkin head on top and in the book it is jim's father dan who goes up and carves the face in the the pumpkin and cuts him down off of this scarecrow stand now in the movie they dig up the body they hang it up on this scarecrow stand or cross or whatever you want to call it 
and place the pumpkin on the head. And then over time, weeks, uh, they do like a, a time-lapse footage and the body starts to decay and morph into this viney, pumpkin-heady thing. And it's, it's really interesting to see that play out. Uh, it's not something you needed to see in the movie, but as a little aside at the end of the movie, I thought it was really cool to see that happen. I don't know which way I like better. I think I like the organic way Sawtooth Jack, October Boy character, comes to being out of the of the book i like that better but it was still really cool what they did and how they did it with the movie a version of it and they made great use of this wickedly good character design with some of those scenes uh used a lot of play on the foreground and the background with the you know focus things being in focus and out of focus something standing up in a cornfield and just a lot of creepiness there uh, like I said, I just wish we could have seen more of this character killing people. Not that you needed any more blood and guts, because that was another really cool thing. There was a lot of gore and blood and guts with Sawtooth Jack and the other characters. That one scene where Sawtooth Jack pulls the guy's head back and does also a partial decapitation of him, uh, ripping his mouth open. Uh, the other guy that gets half his head cut off, that was gruesome. And then the people, they were almost worse than Sawtooth Jack as being monsters. You know, the the one kid sitting there talking about how he's, he's going to win this year and what do you think about that? And the other kid splits his head with an axe. Uh, the guy out in front of the butcher shop blasting people with a shotgun. There, there was some good gore there. So there was a ton of really good gore there was a ton of good practical effects there was a, a ton of good creature effects like i said i just and a lot of really good and interesting kills like i said i just wish we could have seen sawtooth jack being sawtooth jack more instead of more scenes with richie and kelly talking not that those characters weren't interesting and not that you didn't need those characters to have some moments where they can build up some emotional collateral you just didn't need so many. You could have gotten to that same end with fewer scenes that were just a little more emotionally packed. But now on the technical side, there was a lot of good things. Uh, David Slade uh, directed this movie, and I thought that was one of the things that really made this movie stand out is because it was well-directed. If you're not familiar with uh, David Slade, he did 30 Days of Night back in 2007. Uh, he did the Black Mirror Bandersnatch movie in 2018. Just a director I really liked a lot of his stuff. He did the Twilight Saga Eclipse. I'm not a Twilight fan, but you know if that's your thing, if that gets you all wound up, then and, you know, he did that as well, but uh, a really good horror director that it's one of those things where I, I would love to see him do more because he's done a lot of good things in movies, done a lot of good things in TV. Uh, you know, he's done Breaking Bad, Hannibal, American Gods, Black Mirror, very good director. And it shows in this. I thought the screenplay by Michael Giglio was really good. Of course, he did uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. He was a part of the screenwriting team on that movie. And I I really enjoyed that. And then, of course, the uh, the cinematography from Larry Smith. I mean, this was a beautifully shot movie as well. That it just had a wonderful look about it. The the scenes, you know, so much backlit by moonlight. Uh, you had all the pumpkin jack-o'-lanterns all throughout this town. It really felt like a Halloween movie. They, they weren't just saying it's set on Halloween night. It really felt like a Halloween movie with the 
ridiculous amount of jack-o'-lanterns in everyone's yard uh, with the, the Halloween masks on all the kids on the run. Sawtooth Jack really gave it a feel of Halloween. And like I said, the cinematography gave it that cold, cool October feel. And everything was lit either in cool lights or the warmth of, of the fiery jack-o'-lanterns. And there was just a nice juxtaposition on that. Just a beautiful movie to look at. And I like the, uh, the music as well. Uh, the needle drops from the 60s, Since I Don't Have You, uh, is a, a wonderful song. The score by Brian Reitzel is really good. So just a, a lot to like about this movie, from the acting to the special effects and the visual effects to the the way the movie looked and felt, the direction. A lot of good things. Like I said, the only thing I wished was they had a little more of Sawtooth Jack being Sawtooth Jack and a little less of Richie and Kelly talking scenes. Because I think the, the talking scenes between these two impaired the sense of urgency that you needed with this movie and really messed with the pace. But really good characters, really well-written characters, interesting characters. It was an interesting story that I liked where they deviated from the book and where they stayed true to the book. I thought it was a nice balance of that. And this is the kind of movie that, you know... I might not watch it every Halloween. I mean, there are certain movies that I watch every Halloween. There are certain movies I don't. Uh, but I'll watch them every couple years, every three years, something like that. And this might be one of those. This might be one of those movies where, like, every every couple years, I'll go back and watch it. Because it is such a good Halloween movie. So there you have it. Those are my thoughts on Dark Harvest. You can check it out right now, video on demand. Uh, no word yet on what streaming service it'll be coming to next, but uh, maybe maybe it'll be coming to a streaming service that you have if you don't uh, want to rent it. But but definitely, it's it's worth a few bucks that you're going to spend to rent this movie because it really is a, a well-done movie. Not a perfect movie, but I think a good movie for October for Halloween. So check it out, Dark Harvest. Hopefully, if you did watch it, you enjoyed it as much as I have. So that is part two of our double feature on this October 30th. Five Nights at Freddy's was our part one, Dark Harvest part two. And this is all leading up to our big Halloween special, which is coming up tomorrow on October 31st, where we are going to be talking about American Horror Stories Huluween event, a little four episode taste of American Horror Stories that we got. We're going to be talking about a couple of my favorite Halloween anthology movies and some other fun Halloween stuff. So uh, you can check that out tomorrow. Our third, I believe it's our third annual Halloween special. It's all coming tomorrow as we get into Halloween proper. But I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Dark Harvest on this double feature day where we have two episodes of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. You can check out more about what's going on with the podcast or what's going on in horror, fantasy, and science fiction on our Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also like, follow, subscribe to us uh, on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on. That way you can stay on top of all the new episodes and what's going on with the podcast every time a new episode drops. Sometimes we have them just Mondays and Thursdays. Sometimes we have extra episodes like Halloween specials. Sometimes we have random curiosities and other odds and ends bonus episodes along the way. And you'll be able to stay on top of all that if you subscribe to the podcast. And please leave those reviews. Five stars will be awesome, but whatever review you leave, we appreciate that. And that helps those... Uh, podcast platforms know that people are listening to this and that they should expose other people to our podcast and that's really what we need we need you to 
to help us get the word out about this podcast and help us grow these numbers. And you can do that by sharing this podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. So uh, be listening. Tomorrow is our Halloween special on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!